0: Um...
1: another edition of Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. We got a lot to get into on the show. Uh, We don't have, well, we got a full show to do, but we got a jam-packed show, so we'll make sure we get everything in. Uh, We also will get into, of course, more reaction from the 2024 SEC schedule release uh, when Texas will have their inaugural season into the SEC. We'll get into that. Also, some other uh, news, notes, and nuggets. We'll go behind the burnt orange curtain a little bit and talk some other uh, Texas football items also we'll talk a uh, little cowboys on the show Dan Orlovsky says he has a he has a noticed his film study a little pattern, a trend about the uh, interceptions for Dak Prescott. We'll get into that in the 4 o'clock hour. Also, Dan Quinn, really high on this Cowboys defense. We'll get into that. Also, some uh, mini-camp nuggets from the Texans. Also, we'll get into some uh, NBA off-season rumors, conjecture all the time. We'll get into that. uh, Also, about Zion. There's some Zion Williamson uh, rumors out there uh, about him being on the trade market. We'll address that as well. Before we do, let's introduce you to the rest of the crew. He was a second round pick for the Montreal Expos, but a first round pick for the Austin Radio Network. He originally committed to the University of Texas, but it's had to forego the 40 acres and chase his dream in the cheese. it ain't easy, but for this man, it's a breeze. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Mike Hardball Hard. What's going on, brother? What it
2: do? What it do? It's a Thursday edition, new theme Thursday edition, so we got to be on our game again. We got our black card back yesterday. I'm really excited about that, giving ourselves an opportunity. To watch Shaft again. You know what I'm saying? We got to make sure we make it through. But let me talk about my man that sits across from me every single day. He hails from H-Town with the get down. He's a lifetime Longhorn and a proud car carrying member of DBU. Legendary lifetime and now college football Hall of Fame Longhorn, Derrick Johnson said he was the best cover corner he had ever seen. He's a former NFL DB that still has that passion for film study. But he's not a fan of white condiments. But of course, he is a fan of you, the listeners. He is my man and yours, Rod Babels. I appreciate
1: that intro, as always. That's Soundaway City Time introducing the real MVP, one of the hardest-working members of the ARN family. He's got a hustler spirit, period. We don't know what the man is paid, but we're pretty damn sure this man is underpaid, and we're going to miss him when he takes vacation, which is coming Mm -hmm, up soon. It's mm -hmm. Patrick Davis, y'all. What's going on, Patrick?
3: I'm going to not miss any of it. Just going (laughs) to sit on a beach. You ain't supposed to.
1: You ain't supposed to. We're supposed to miss you. You ain't supposed to miss us. Uh, you on vacation. We still here working. That's right. I will,
3: I will miss it next Thursday when there's a draft going on and I'm not here. That'll uh, miss. That, oh my that, goodness. That's, yes. that's, when, that's when you can follow me on Twitter because I'm I, sure I'll just be yelling out <laughs> random stuff. I'm sure
1: we'll get random texts yeah, on the, uh, the text chat sure. from you during the show on that day. But uh, yeah, uh, that'll be coming up a little bit later on, but we do have our man Patrick, so we we'll appreciate him. You, we appreciate you as well. You can be a part of the show. You're the heartbeat of this thing, so do it on the specs text line 512-337- 3776. Uh, you all so, can hit us up via Twitter. Uh, I'm at Rod Baberson, in the Twitterverse. Hard is at Hardball Hard in the Twitterverse. Patrick Davis at It's Patrick Davis in the Twitterverse. All right, gentlemen, um, we got into this yesterday because uh, we were actually on the show when the SEC uh, schedule release extravaganza happened, and uh, they actually revealed the uh, Longhorns schedule. And now we've had uh, plenty of time to digest uh, the Longhorns 2024 schedule. And, uh, you know, one of the things that uh, I saw that uh, if you're looking at all the rivalries that the SEC decided to keep together – You can tell just – and this is like macro, not just about Texas, and we'll get back to, of course, the Texas schedule uh, in particular. But if you look at all the rivalries that are going to take place in 2024 in the newly expanded SEC, um, in addition to Texas OU, of course, and Texas and Texas A&M, you got Auburn, Alabama, Bama, Tennessee, Mm -hmm. Bama, LSU is considered one. Um, Florida, Tennessee, Florida, Georgia, uh, Ole uh, Miss. Of course, and, you know Mississippi State do their thing. But you got Arkansas versus A and which some people think you know maybe that's something that could end up uh, becoming a rivalry. Uh, Texas AM and does get their LSU uh, if they consider that to be a rival. Some people are already saying that's one of the young rivalries in the SEC. You get that, Tennessee, Vanderbilt. All right, of course. Um, hell, even Arkansas LSU, uh, which I'm sure Arkansas fans consider that, you can tell that they prioritize the robberies and not even talking about Texas playing all three of their rivals in the schedule. That's what I think is kind of baked into the, the, the process for the SEC. And you can argue maybe that's where everything starts. That's why I know, you know at one point, inevitably, it's going to go to a 3-6 format. It where, has to Where they'll have three permanent, you know, teams you play, which will be, you know, your de facto rivals. And then you'll have the six teams that rotate and that'll be kind of your glamour games because it'll be every year kind of a lottery. Oh, man, who are we going to play this year? Because you won't have divisions in the SEC. So that'll be really fun. But when you look at it, you know, the, the rivalries to me are really one of the key components to what makes college football special. The more you have, the better. Uh, you're talking about competitive hatred. yes. and the SEC wants to feed it. It's almost the old uh, Gordon gecko line from Wall Street. greed is good." He was speaking, if you have heard the, you know, the, the the line in the speech, he was talking about greed is good for capitalism, which it is. I mean, the, the capitalism is based on trying to incentivize kind of a natural drive, which is greed. All right. We fight against it. So it, it was it doesn't always get the better of us, but it's something that's kind of natural. Capitalism kind of feeds on it so you can create wealth and then create jobs and commerce. And if you are you know, greedy enough, you become a billionaire. That's great. <laughs> uh, it's good for everybody. It's also good for capitalism. Uh, competitive hatred that uh, that angst is really good for college football. And the SEC right now is feeding it. They, they, they really want to infuse that that element or at least they want to I think expand on that element and that component in college football.
2: Well I think it's great for the fan bases as well. You know, we mm-hmm. can sit here and say that we don't want to play. We don't want to do this and other fan bases are oh, we don't know who our rival is. Everybody thinks they have a certain rival. But when you watch the mm-hmm. games and you see the intensity from the fan bases as well it means something to a lot of people. It's uh, The conversation always happens, um, no matter where it is. I mean, think about our city right now. There's people that are here from all different walks of life, especially when you think about all the people from California that has moved here, the people from New York, all the, Florida, some of them, but they're transplanted. But when college football games are being played, they have their fan bases where they're having – meetups to be able to root for their team and we've seen it multiple times when we've been out on our pregame shows when we've been at Lavaca Street where all these people come in and you're like man Clemson got a whole section that we didn't even know about yeah where people are here and they Mm -hmm. were playing their rival and then people walking by screaming at each other about it so when people say oh it don't matter who we're playing we're no, it does. It really does because yes. the, the the vitriol that you see that, like as you said, the competitive hatred against each other's uh, teams. But on Monday we go to work and talk about how bad it was, right? We, oh, my team is terrible. Well, your team did terrible too. You know, it's it's the, it's the part of the fabric of college athletics. And yeah, people are always talking about the NFL, but college athletics. Everybody has something involved in it.
1: Yeah, it's, uh, you are. It's, it's more. It's a little bit more personal.
2: Yeah, it's
1: a little bit more personal. Yeah. I, mean,
2: I actually, everybody I
1: pre- I call you a T-shirt fan just because you didn't go there, yeah. but you're rooting for. Them. I prefer the NFL just as a uh, football fan mm-hmm. over college football. I, I've said that before, but I do it just as it, it just on the outside in, of um, looking in of both, and just kind of examining the fan bases of both. College football is way more personal. Yeah way more personal. Yep. Than the NFL and I think the SEC wants to they they really want to try to ex- exacerbate that. Right. <laughs> uh, the fact that that Smartly. it is personal yeah. and just make it make it even more personal. Yep. Um and really kind of you know try find some way to up almost upgrade the angst between these these different programs. Yeah. Um, so I think it's really good. I, I, I'm looking forward to the 2024 schedule for Texas. It's going to be challenging, but they all are. Not not as challenging
2: everybody. as Florida's. Florida's is probably one of the. It's Florida's scariest, is toughest. one of the scariest looking um, schedules that I've seen this year, and it's very very like they have to be on their a game a lot to go out there every single. It's almost like an NFL schedule, you know. There's no off days in the NFL. You have to come every single week. Even the bad teams are good teams. So now you're looking at it and you look at what Florida has to go through. It's like, ooh, lordy, lordy.
1: So they have Miami, Sanford. This is obviously 2024. Yep. Miami, Sanford, UCF. Then they got Georgia, which is supposed to be a neutral site. Yep. At Florida State. Florida State on the be rise. pretty they're, good. They're, they're, they got a quarterback that's in the Heisman preseason Heisman talk. Um, LSU, Kentucky, Ole Miss, and M at Texas, at Tennessee, at Mississippi State. They're gonna have to it's, bring it. Yeah, I mean, but I think everybody does. Yeah, yeah. I don't, No, I, I agree with
2: that. Yeah, just but like when you said, look I, at Florida, you're like, man,
1: I haven't seen a schedule really where. I think anybody I say I I think the Aggie schedule as we talked about is favorable for the Aggies, but for it's, sure. Sign, no schedule is easy. Oh no. Not at all. <laughs> we say that in the Big Twelve sometimes when we examine the schedules, we go, Oh man, that's an easy schedule. Oh, they should be playing
2: for the championship.
1: That's a cupcake schedule. Yeah, yeah. There are no you cupcakes. You don't say it in the SEC. Nah, ain't no cupcakes in here, man. <laughs> these are triple layer <laughs> like those big you know those cakes of those reality tv shows oh, Cake yeah. wars or whatever yeah. it is these are those types of cakes ain't no cupcake schedules up in the sec man
2: yeah there's some time and some effort that has been put up into this thing
1: grown man yeah grown man and grown woman i'm with you on that all right that's so that's just so favorable is the way you start you don't go easy favorable um, and I, like I said, I do think the Aggies actually may have a kind of a favorable schedule. But I did forget, they do have Notre Dame. Yes, they do. Add it, add it That's on what we didn't add yesterday when we looked at the SEC, SEC schedules. They have Notre Dame. Yeah. Now we'll, no, we'll see where Notre
3: Dame is in a couple of years, too. Also true. because, also true. because well, we That's know. a home and a but home. But they
1: recruit a lot of Texas guys. They are? Yeah. So I don't know if that's going to help. But it should, <laughs> it should. But you're right. Well, no, We don't know where they're going to be, yeah. Twenty twenty four. Uh But that's a big game, though. They got, Then they got McNeese and Bowling Green, New Mexico State. Uh, LSU, Missouri, Texas, Arkansas. But then at, those are home games, and those are tough games, but they're home games, and those are their rivals. Yep. They get all their rivals at, at home, or as say neutral site for Arkansas because Arkansas is a neutral site for that. Yeah,
2: they play in, in, in Arlington at Jerry yes, World. but
1: it's in Texas.
2: Yeah, and so they get that.
1: So, so they get that.
2: So you, but Jerry makes that a home game for Arkansas. <laughs> <laughs> you already know Jerry, Jerry makes sure he rolls it out.
1: discounts? Oh yeah, for sure. That's a
2: home
3: so game for of, them.
1: We Arkansas fans in here. We got discount hey, on parking use, use the
3: promo code. Don't gig them.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, see, that's a great point though. Yeah, a, you're right. All right, so maybe that was just it's a big, it's a, just a push. That's a draw. Yeah. Uh, either way, but yeah, they 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 get they don't have to play their rivals on the road. No. No, I say that. And the and the Notre Dame game is at home. Yeah, so that's why it's favorable. I didn't say it's easy. It ain't easy. It's, it's definitely favorable. favorable. And then they're at Auburn, at Mississippi State, at Florida, and you just talked about it. We don't know. If, I like Billy Napier, so I, I do too. Yeah. I do. We think, talked about I'm, it. They're gonna be tough.
3: Yeah, but that Florida team's gonna get beat up throughout the season. I mean, when their non cons are two Miami, Florida State, UCF, and then one one yeah. gimme, but that's. That's three decent non cons right there.
1: No, you're right. That's it. Ain't no, it, it's right. I mean, it's probably one of the toughest schedules out there. Yeah, There's no it's the
3: tough SEC. And then, yeah, you throw in Florida State and Miami, which are both in in state UCF in state games. So they're going to be rivalry, kind of rivalry ish games as mm-hmm. well with all three of those. So you're basically adding in three more pressure packed games in your non conference.
1: Um, at South Carolina is also the last game for them and we don't know how they're going to be but they 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 look to be trending they, they're supposed to be good this season. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 2024 obviously a different discussion. The Sooners uh they got Temple, Tulane, um and then of course they play Texas, that's Texas OU uh in Dallas for the Texas State Fair. Um then at they got Alabama, Tennessee, at LSU, at Ole Miss. Those are tough road games. Um at Auburn, at Missouri, South Carolina is another home game for them. Those are tough road games Mm -hmm. uh, at LSU and at Ole Miss for uh, the Sooners. But as we pointed out, hey, man, ain't no easy wins. I was trying to say. Ain't no easy wins in the SEC. That's why this, this is your last season to get maybe a couple easy wins in a conference. Yep. Vandy is the easy win in the SEC, right? That's supposed to be the easy one? That's yeah, what that's everybody easy yes. says. That's your easy ass. yes.
3: Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Because, like, Missouri has a lot of off years. Kentucky mm. has a lot of off years. So there's teams that have off years, but then they have some decent years, too. It depends when you're catching them. But there's a few teams that are not as, yeah. you know, dominant. I will
1: say the the bottom feeder of the Big 12 Kansas is way better yes,
3: like, say, than, Vanderbilt, than Vanderbilt.
1: <laughs> there you go. If you're going to have your comparison. <laughs> okay, there you go. Yes. They're I'll better than v- Vanderbilt. I think they recruited well. I'll take Kansas yep. all day, every day over Vanderbilt. Yep. That would love to see. They should do that bot- battle of the bottom <laughs> tiers. <laughs> Who's the worst team in your pop-up covers? And let them face off. And let them
2: just sit there and look at each other and then say. <laughs> Let's go get them.
1: <laughs> who's the worst team in the ACC? It used to be Wake Forest, but it ain't no more. No, it's not. Of course it's a beast. Who, who's no, the Worst team There's in the a... ACC. Worst team in the Pac-12. it's a bunch of those. Yeah, right yeah. I was going to say, you could have <laughs> random
2: shots out there. I know USC
3: and USCLA are leaving. So oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, oh, there you go. Yeah. Right. So all of them. <laughs>
1: Yep. They, that's the battle royale. Yeah, I don't want to. I don't want
3: to do that to Utah and Oregon. But
1: yeah, actually, Utah's a good football. program. Utah's
3: a good. Oregon's a decent program. And Washington, Washington, there are some decent programs. Yeah, so won't I will. I will throw everybody in that. Yeah. I mean, I guess
2: it's the Oregon teams State that you would say Washington in the State. ACC, you would have to look at possibly <laughs> battle of the bottom feeders, Boston College. Oh, Maybe. Buck,
1: Buck's going to be upset about oh, sorry, that. Sorry,
2: Buck, but hey, man, they <laughs> hadn't oh, been I that got, successful.
1: They yeah. were relevant when
2: Doug Flutie was there. <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> would you mean Matt Bucky, Ryan. When Bucky, Bucky was playing. <laughs> Bucky was around there then, I believe. Right? Uh, he, he tells stories about Doug Flutie all the time. Yeah, I,
2: I don't know where you would go with this, oh, to man. be quite honest with you. That's
1: funny. And you know what? Honestly, I'd take UTSA over some of those bottom feeders. Yeah. No doubt. Right, Power Five, Easy. Oh, for sure. And Texas got to play UTSA. Mm, By mm, the way, mm. I'm not trying to rhyme. But on (laughs) that schedule, 2024. You did, though. (laughs) I wasn't trying. Texas, uh, 2024, Colorado State at Michigan. That's a doozy. That is a tough one. That's a doozy. Yeah. Because Jim Harbaugh got that thing rolling. And they looking forward to that. They
2: are definitely looking forward
1: uh, to that. ULM. They coming from all around the country. By the way, to Michigan, they already this is a year away. They oh, yeah. they, they already making plans. They coming from all around the country, they're really probably around in the world to come to that game to watch Texas and, and Michigan face off. Just doesn't happen that often. Yep. Uh, then ULM, as you pointed out yesterday, I believe, um yep. uh, horns twenty four seven reported that they're going to play ULM University, uh, Louisiana and Mon- Louisiana Monroe. Uh, then UTSA, they will play as well. Um, and that'll be also one of their non cons for the home game. Hey,
2: I just Ducksies. got told we need to take it easy on the Vanderbilt being easy because they got three local kids. I know. Going on. Thought, <laughs> I, know. I
1: thought about it too. One, hey, one well, of them should be. That's why, that's why they got them. That's
2: right. But that's no, right. no, no, they changed the narrative. They used to be. Yeah, we're talking yeah. about the olden days. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, <laughs> they're making some changes. I see it. That's
1: <laughs> now they got some Central Texas kids. Yeah. Now they, they gonna Now we're gonna place. put
2: some respect on their name. That's right. That's right. We're gonna put some respect you on them. You put
3: respect on their name because they're gonna be our bosses. <laughs> Very true. <laughs>
1: oh man. Uh, yeah, you're right. Good point there, Hodge. All right, we gotta do that. Yeah. Okay. Uh and also Texas has uh Oklahoma, of course, Texas OU, uh then at and A&M. AM won their home game with Texas in the since they're reviving the rivalry and uh you know rekindling it, it'll be at AM. Which is good for them because they're the mm-hmm. only ones who really cared about it. It mattered to them. I'm glad the Aggies got that win. Um, then at Arkansas for you, so you, all your all Texas rivals they play away. Yep. From DKR. This year.
2: This I season. mean that that 24 that 20, 20, 24 that 2024 yeah, that yes, they'll play all their
1: yeah. rivals away because of course Oklahoma is always away. Yep. Um, it's a neutral site, but then they'll play at a at Arkansas. So. Uh, the, the Aggies get all their rivals <laughs> uh, in their backyard. In their backyard. At least they don't have to. Yeah, exactly. Cause they'll, have Texas, yep. they'll have it in Texas too when they play Arkansas. Yep. And then all the rivals for Texas, you got to go on the road in 2024. So it's tough. But then you got Georgia and Florida at home. Yeah, that's sexy. I and like Vanderbilt, that. Vanderbilt, by the way. Hey, you been playing on right. the Central Texas kids? All the Central
2: Texas kids to be in the spot, man. That's what they told represent. them. They were like, "Y'all, uh, y'all come here. Uh, we'll flexing. let you play in your city.
3: We'll let you play in your city." Seriously, take it to be more
1: affordable for that game too. Everybody can go out. Okay, then uh, Mississippi State uh, and then Kentucky, and those are those. That's kind of those wild cards, as Patrick mentioned. You know, they could be really high or they could just be, you know, uh, formidable. Yep. Uh, You just don't know. Uh, Hopefully, Mississippi State and Kentucky are having down years then.
3: Yeah, because like Kentucky, (laughs) you you get Will Levis, where Will Levis has a really good year a year ago. Then they fell off a little bit off the cliff last year. But you still, if you get a guy like that, that's a top five pick in, well, second round pick, but projected at one point to be a top five pick in the draft. You get a, a talent like that, you know, all of a sudden things change real quick.
1: Uh, yeah, I totally agree, and you know that's why I'm
2: trying to look and see what they have on their roster.
3: But no. it don't even matter this year. It's for
1: two years. It's for two years. Yeah, like, so I'll I will wait.
2: wait.
3: And you know how much things change from year to year now.
2: Exactly, because people hit the transfer portal. Yeah. You may get some different types of players. You may be like Dion and go get fifty of them. Yeah, it, so it'll, it'll be, be an overhaul.
3: Yeah, how much research are you doing to the SEC this year? And then you're like, well, there's seven different quarterbacks we're playing. Exactly. You know? Exactly.
2: Uh, Goes back to Rod's point yesterday where you're not even going to be able to have film study on like opponents. Oh, that was Patrick's point. Yeah, oh Patrick's point. Yeah, yeah you're not going to have like opponents. So it's going to be like, oh, okay. Yeah, How are you going to yeah. break that down?
1: Um, uh, there was a on three article about the top 10 SEC games in 2024 uh, uh, per Jesse Simonton, I believe is the, uh, the, the uh, college football analyst for them who uh, wrote it. And Texas has the most – based on their opinion. Uh the most watchable are the of the top ten SEC matchups in twenty twenty four. They got number one Texas at Texas AM. I'm, or he does. I should yeah, say yep. uh at, and he's got Texas Texas hosting Georgia at number three. He's got uh Texas and um Arcan- at Arkansas I should say at number eight. And then he's got Florida at Texas at number ten. And I believe Bama has three behind Texas. They have Georgia at Alabama. Um, There is Alabama at LSU. And then Alabama at Oklahoma are the three Alabama games. Mm. And then after that, but how does Texas OU you not on here? Because they, they don't understand it just yet.
3: I think, like, well, I think they once, they, once they put Texas A and M at Texas versus Texas A and M at the top, I think they were like, "Look, we can't give them, can't give them all the, the game. game. Yeah, yeah, love. can't give them. So we'll all. knock down. We people know, but look, we're gonna say the new, the renewed rivalry is gonna be get you a bigger.
1: It, no, I agree. I, it, it will be as. It actually will be bigger. It'll yeah. be bigger this year. I don't know if who's the last time we said Texas A and M was bigger than Texas OU. I think it will be bigger this year, and I mean if they for do sure. It, we don't know. Yeah. It's been a break in the action, and and also because the program of A and M. We don't know what to expect from Venables. Exactly. We just don't. We have no idea. Yeah. <laughs> we you know what I mean we just have no idea. You passed the Lincoln in the stoops era, uh, but with Jimbo Fisher, as you mentioned, Jimbo Fisher. He's a personality in itself. But now mm-hmm. you're rekindling this rivalry after, what, a decade plus? Yeah. Um, and now both of you guys in the SEC, you're going to be at a and I think it's going to be for the first time in the SEC together. Yeah. Well, yeah. And
3: especially if they put it where they historically has been, which is near the end of the season, that escalates everything as well because it only takes one team – to be at a place where the other team can ruin their season. It doesn't even take both of them to be there. If it's a season ruiner for either team, yeah. it becomes that much more of a rivalry because you're like, oh, no,
1: we can just ruin their year. That is true. Mm-hmm. Even if you're having a terrible year. Yeah if, like, you're, yeah, if
3: you're 500 and they're they're a one-loss team and you're like, we can knock them out of this expanded playoffs with the uh, with the loss to us. Yeah, no, yeah. that's a great
1: point. Right. And uh, it was always at the end of the year, it gets back to the – more, where they're
3: going to put it, but
1: yeah, and also the more to lose than to gain from the rivalry at one, at yep. one point. But now I think you know maybe that conversation uh, is put on the back burner. One Texas says, say this text. Texas will win 11 games in their first year in the SEC." Mark my words. I made a bold prediction like that when a And M went to the SEC. I said they'd win double digit games. People thought I was crazy, and turns out. Black Thomas was right on he that He was one. right on that one. Um, uh, this uh, texter uh, says, Texas has one of the toughest schedules for 2024, if not the toughest. Hmm? We'll see. Uh, yeah, we'll see. That's a great point. We don't really know. We don't We know. have no idea what these teams are going to look exactly. like then. Exactly.
2: We don't know, yeah. know anything about what's going to happen in a couple years from now. Well, actually next season. So we'll be able to <laughs> judge it from that point.
1: Well, I'm glad Sark uh, reiterated. Hey, let's focus on the here and now, the yeah, present.
2: Yeah, because That's if he goes out there and, and doesn't play and well, the, yeah, then it don't matter.
1: Yeah, no, you need to go out there and win the last Big Twelve title. That's yep. what Sark needs to do. This is, for, for Texas because they're not in the Big Twelve anymore. Not right. The last Big Twelve title, but the last possible, uh, the, the you know for Te- the last possibility for Texas to actually add to their resume of Big Twelve titles, which is now I think at three. Believe mm. Texas has three Big Twelve titles. The first one, oh five in two thousand nine. There you go. That's it, right? I mean, we right. ain't got that many. Oklahoma's got like triple that amount. No, I'm not joking. Yes. that's not a joke. No. <laughs> no, I was like, ah, that's crazy. No, 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 that's not being hyperbolic. They, <laughs> no, they <laughs> they have like triple that amount in the Big Twelve. So it'd be great if Texas could actually, ironically, win the first and the last uh, time that they were in the Big Twelve. They could just win. beautiful. First time they were in the Big 12 and the last time they were in the Big 12 to win the Big 12 title both of those times and then send themselves into the SEC with a ton of momentum and positive, you know, confidence and mojo for their fan base. Because if they don't win double-digit games in this Big 12, why would any Longhorn fan believe they're going to go to the toughest conference in the history of college football and do it there?
2: Exactly.
1: That's I, come I, on. No. I, like, that's, I mean, that's not even common
2: sense. You know <laughs> right? what I'm saying? Like, if
1: you can't do it
2: here, what makes, what makes you, you think you're you you gonna, gonna be able walk to go? up in here <laughs> and just run through this thing?
1: It's a tougher conference yeah. on every level, talent wise, coaching wise, even money wise. Yes. you've been by the way, you've been money whipping teams in the Big Twelve forever, and still can't win the conference in football. You have by far, and it ain't even called. You're rich you're and rich, and you got, and, and in you this got surpassed. You're the Elon Musk of the Big Twelve. And yes, your,
3: and your recruiting classes are. By far,
1: way, way more impressive, way way more impressive than any other team in the Big Twelve, and you had to be able to win it. So, this, this, that. If you want to know why twenty twenty three is important, that's why it's important, no doubt. Confidence wise, because otherwise, I don't think Longhorn fans are going to be very confident. You're going to go into the Big, uh, into the from the Big Twelve to the SEC and uh, suddenly conquering, you Mm -hmm. know, become the king of the SEC somehow, when you couldn't even conquer and become the king of the Big Twelve. By the way, that was Oklahoma. That was your rival that did that. They got a better chance right now, in Longhorn fans' opinion, of going to the SEC and having more success than Texas does. Who's going to be the first to win the SEC title between Texas, Oklahoma, and AM? Come on, man. That's the question. That's, that's a, the question.
2: That, that's a bigger question, that, question. that anybody is ready now to answer.
1: That's, that's the arms race now. Yep. All right? If you want to know the arms, that's the arms race. Because if you win that, we all know. You're in the college playoff, and you know you're probably a top seed in the college playoff. To know how they do it when they expand it, mm, mm, mm. which one's going to be the first? Who's the first? Specs X line five one two three three seven three seven seven six. Be realistic. I want to be realistic about. I was just about A&M, to say Oklahoma or Texas. Be realistic about it. who's going to be the first to win it. Texas won three, three since the inception of the Big Twelve.
2: Going for number four.
1: How many years has the Big Twelve been a conference, a power five conference?
2: More than those three.
1: How many years are talking No, seriously, it was in 96, 97? 96 was the yeah. first year. 96, 97? So, okay. Yeah. So we're talking about 23, 26, 26 27 years. This would be 27. Okay. 26, 27. Okay. So yeah. three in 26 years. They didn't want to hog it all, they wanted to share it. Okay. Oklahoma's the one that wanted to so, hog it all. Yeah, so I need—I I, want to know. Who's gonna, yeah. Oklahoma's got, like I said, they like triple that amount. Huh? As
2: you said, be realistic, folks. Be
1: realistic. No. Be realistic. The truth is, when I first came to the Big 12, I believe, held. A and M had won the Big Twelve like in '98.
2: mm Hmm. I think it was. That's I mean, it was like when '98 was, was. Is they that when it? they played K was like State?
1: B's like heyday. Like, you know, the Aggies won it. Mm. So that's the question. I don't know nobody's going to pick the Aggies. Oh, no, it, I know. I've already. I've already I mean, seen
3: people being like, "Well, it's us or Oklahoma." You, no, you can't pick. You cannot pair Texas and Oklahoma together against the Aggies. They're not the. Uh, not fair? Because no. you're just taking a shot. Because now you're claiming Oklahoma, and that makes you part sooner so either say texas or oklahoma but you can't say texas or oklahoma beat the aggies
1: since the inception of the big 12 the aggies have one conference title you have three and the Sooners have what is it 14 is it how many
2: is it 14 is it 14 yeah because remember (laughs) remember bob stoops told you
1: i got all the big 12 championships
2: in my office
1: exactly yeah Exactly.
2: And
3: then Lincoln Riley said, pardon me while I whip this out. Exactly. And now and he then, took some of them. Says, and then Brent Vettable says, I'm drinking from a fire hose. <laughs> so, I mean, not as much the same, but – And there you go. That's the thing <laughs> but, <doing>. they're pre- <laughs> but they're predicted to be in the championship game I, I, this year with are. Texas.
1: That yep. would be sweet if Texas could win the last Big 12 title by beating Oklahoma. <gasps> oh,
3: Yeah, it would be nice to stick it to Oklahoma and the Big 12 at once. Yeah. Just great. like both y'all are leaving. Both y'all are in the championship game. Everyone's got to protest – yeah. Yep. <laughs> yep. yep.
1: yep. Yeah, no, I like I said it's it is one of those, you know, conversations that is worth having that hey man, if Texas can't prove themselves in this Big Twelve, and it's by the way, newly expanded Big Twelve. Mm, mm, which will be more mm. of a test. Yep. Um, if they can't do it in this conference, then how does that give you faith and hope that they will be able to do it in the SEC? It's called false hustle. Mm. Hey, called, no, it's you, you gotta wait got away. So okay. we'll see. We'll come back. We'll get into some NBA uh, discussion. Zion may be on the trade market. If he is, should the Rockets be interested? Also, Nikola Jokic reportedly has already lost <laughs> his MVP trophy. Love it. All of that and more right here on Ball Don't Lie. One hundred and four on the horn. Back to Baldo Live right here on 104 Down the Horn. It is a new theme Thursday. That's when Patrick the know plays songs that are supposed to give us clues and hints as to what the new theme of the day is. This one's really easy. Yeah, it's not hot. It's hot as hell outside. It is hot as hell outside. <laughs> it hot as hell
3: outside.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it Every Texas is like, oh, it's hot. I got that one. Mm-hmm. It is. It is hot outside, man. So uh, please hydrate, y'all.
2: I told Rod the other day when we left here after the show, you know, we get off of here and it's still a thousand degrees oh, outside. Man. <laughs> I saw. I told Rod. I saw a meme today that said, "I saw a bird pick up a worm and blow on it to cool it off before he ate it." <laughs>
1: that's how hot it was. <laughs> so, so. No, but I agree. It's uh, and the sun's not even out, really. No, we still got the overcast from you know whatever's going over in the, going on in the atmosphere. The sun but, was here. Oh man, it is here. The um, summer
3: is here. I know. I'm so, just waiting for that island weather.
1: Uh, yeah, you get to go to to the beach. You get least. to go to
3: the beach. Get that. Get that nice
1: ocean breeze. Oh, man, well, let's do it. I'm envious. I'm a little jealous of my <laughs> man Patrick uh, next week going to the beach. Uh, but uh, we'll uh, we'll get into some more uh, just conversation about Texas and the SEC schedule a little bit later on in the show. I want to talk some NBA, gentlemen, while we got a little time here. So there is a conversation being had. About Zion Williamson. Oh, oh, we know. We were talking about him, you know, impregnating women who are Instagram models and uh, makeshift adult stars and all that kind of stuff. Yes. We're talking about actually on the court uh, because... Actual basketball? Yes. (laughs) Basketball-related news about Zion. Uh, Brian Windhorse uh, was on Get Up. Mm -hmm. And remember, he's plugged in. Usually about LeBron, but uh, he's (laughs) expanded his expertise and he actually brought up the point that there actually is now a conversation being had within the organization about Zion Williamson. Here is Brian Winhorse.
4: Boy, Greeny, is there a lot of chatter about the picks that could move around the top 10 in this draft. And one team that has emerged that really would like to move up from their spot at 14 of the New Orleans Pelicans, potentially hunting a, a star player uh, caliber maybe like a guy like Scoot Henderson. Um, The Pelicans have had some cursory discussions from what I've been told. There haven't been any offers uh, made necessarily yet, but it makes you really not take too far of a leap to wonder if the, and the league is certainly wondering if the Pelicans are going to make for the first time truly Zion Williamson available ahead of next week's draft. To get up to that level in in the top five, you'd have to consider a player of this caliber. Um, he's obviously had injury history, a little bit of off-season drama recently. Um, so, I don't know if anything's going to truly develop there, but I think it's fair to say, based on my conversations, there's a there's an eye being kept towards whether the Pelicans would make Zion Williamson available ahead of trying to get into that top top end of the draft.
1: All right, there you go, guys. So, ahead of the draft, which is coming up next week, you could have some teams move some things around, and there was a, an it... Uh, This I'm not saying that this is substantive, but there was an NBA, uh, Mm -hmm. I would say that he's more of a content creator. I'm not Mm going to call him a reporter. So I'm not going to do it just so you know what you're dealing with. That he says the Rockets actually are in the conversation. He's a local I wouldn't guy. be
2: surprised. I wouldn't be surprised by the Rockets being in. I went. Yeah. I heard Dallas was in part of the conversation okay. too. Um, mm-hmm. Dallas, because you know that's where most of them girls are. He loves Dallas, Texas. <laughs> he he kept saying, oh, man, oh, "I man, right. I mean, I like Dallas. I mean, it's a good spot. It's the, I think, it's slept on. I'm like, we live in Texas. Dallas is not hey, slept Zion on. Zion ain't bro. doing no sleeping either. <laughs> exactly. I'm <Them laughs> got back problems like me. I'm like <laughs> he was sitting there trying to figure out what's going on. But when you sit there and you look at the entire uh, breakdown of Zion, why wouldn't you look at trading him? You hadn't got anything from him. I mean, when you do, he plays great basketball, but you can't depend on him. So if you can go and trade for somebody else, why not? I would definitely be interested in entertaining that
1: conversation because he's not that guy. Um, he definitely needs a—he I, I w- needs a change of scenery. He does yeah. need a fresh start somewhere, and I just don't know right now if it's with his current team. As a Rockets fan, I and they hold what the number four number overall four. pick right now. Uh, and that's basically that. they they be trading away the number four overall pick for Zion Williamson? And by the way, if Zion could even come close to reaching his, you know, his the expectation level for him, hell, man, that'd be cheap to get him. Oh no, no. But I don't know if he's ever gonna get that. That's, that's what the I'm thing saying. Is, I don't know if he's ever when, gonna get when he's that. on the court.
3: He's worth. He's worth trading away probably the number two pick in this draft when there he's on go. the court. Uh, the problem is he's played 114 games in four seasons. Four the most so he played 61 games in one season his second season league he played 61 games in the other two he played 21 and 29 games he said that, the second
2: year was the big year
3: so <laughs> Not and the he first missed, he missed one whole season too <laughs> right, right so he uh, so basically he played 61 games in that one season he's played uh what 29 since then in the next two years uh, that's the problem. So if you're the Rockets and you can give up the number four pick for him, sure, because the number four pick isn't going to really help you a ton not right guaranteed. now. And you're willing to take that, change that And you You're not go, tanking hey, anymore. Hey man, we yeah. go. Now we got Jabari Smith and Jalen Green, and maybe we can move Jabari Smith for something because they're kind of playing the same position. And maybe we can try and move some pieces around. And, and you got Emeka Adoka as you your coach Eme? now. And, and so you go. Maybe we can change things up. Maybe we can try and put in. You know, we bring him to Houston and and get him and get him with Akeem or get him with somebody else and try and get him a little bit more help in just his daily life and maybe it will be a wake up call. It's a risk, but for number four I feel better with that. If the Mavs get it for number ten, then do that forty eight times in a row. Yeah, right. A hundred out of a hundred it, times you better ten. Yeah. You but you're that, not yeah. getting it for the number ten. Yeah. Uh if if they if, they, if they, they're trying to get Scoot Henderson Never in a million years would I make that trade for Scoot Interesting. I'm taking Scoot every day of the week. If I'm the if I'm if I'm Portland, I don't want to add a guy who may never play in an NBA game ever in his career. The odds of him playing never a game in his career over averaging over sixty games for the next six seven seasons, the odds would be better to say he never plays another game.
1: I know that's, uh, that's and that's that's crazy to say, yeah. but
3: it is crazy never to say, say, but it is the go, way he's been playing now. And just because he doesn't seem to have the focus on the game. No. Nope. That for four years people have told him he needs to lose weight. And he comes back stronger, but he doesn't come back leaner. Right. And that's because it's easier to put on muscle and build muscle that way because you're still eating. Well, you're good. not and having
1: he, to. And he, I think he may go I mean, maybe a weight room guy, but he's not a cardio he's guy. He's not yeah. a cardio guy. And that's gotta, exactly right. You got to lose it, man. You got to burn. It, it you sucks. Gotta burn you got to eat,
3: like, terrible
1: food. Yeah. You and burn. that's
3: it. And not all the time. And you got to regiment it and all that. I get it. It sucks. But that's what you need to do to stay on the court because you need to lose a solid 60 to 70 pounds to take the weight off of your body. For I don't think what he'll ever do. be at Do
1: you level. have the – because this is the thing about it. I'm if, saying you've got to get down to 250 at least. If he no. was going to a team like the, the the Spurs, I'd say, hell yeah, do it. Because they got the culture in place where I believe they could promote those positive – habits. They got a lot of, of
2: queso
3: down
1: habits. there though. They do got, like queso. <laughs> they got a lot of queso. No, no, H Town's got some of the best food in the country. H towns oh, yeah. one of the most obese cities in the it country. Is. It Has is. been for years. Yep. H Town's got great food and great strip clubs and fine women. I'm from H Town, all right? Those are bad combinations for Zion. In A in San Antonio you got know, a culture that would be that would put up guardrails, yeah, that yeah. would have fail safes in place so that it could help him deal with some of his um Temptations.
2: Yeah. <laughs> all well, right? He's, he's there, got a lot of them.
1: Whether it be food or whether it be <laughs> he women. He got a lot of where, them. He got a lot of it, all right? Yeah. But the potential is immense. I don't know if the Rockets have the culture in place. I love Eme, but between Eme and them getting Harden back potentially, which is also a conversation, the strip clubs are happy. Uh, if Zion comes to town and all three of those come to town, but they I don't They're starting know. to
2: go fund me down there for them.
1: Yes, I don't know <laughs> if the culture of the Rockets would be constructive enough to help, no. help him from you know, leading him astray. Right.
3: No, I, I say if you're the – right, I, I agree with you 100% on that. I think if you're the Rockets, you do it because you basically uh, – whoever you're going to get it for is going to be enough of a project that you're going to have to pay at least Jalen Green, maybe Jabari Smith, before you get – and you're important, you have to pay Martin and every – like you're having to pay everybody before you're really ready to open that window. And now that window is so much harder to open because now you've paid – three guys and or it had someone left because they didn't get the money they wanted it just makes it a lot harder because you it's everyone else past three is a real project yeah and so i get if you go hey we get somebody who can average 26 27 points a game easy if he's playing like we get a guy who's a possible double double every single game when he plays versus a guy who who may be struggling to play 15 minutes his rookie season just because he's going to make some mistakes when he's when he's young. Yeah. Now, if you get like one of the Thompson kids, one of the Thompson brothers, one of them could turn out to be a real star player in the NBA. They have a ton of potential. They could also turn out to be okay players in the NBA. Mm-hmm. And I think at, that, at four, it's fine. But up in that number three, when they're saying for Scoot Henderson, it's like, okay, well, I want him and Ingram. Because I'm now giving up a guy who can be a true scorer mm-hmm. and could be a face of a franchise that is for, on a rookie contract for
1: the mystery box
3: for a guy, <laughs> two guys that are already money is already starting to be spent. Yeah, and I need two guys, and I need I need another guy in this trade to try and help Damian Lillard win a title, and who's going to be on the court? And I don't want C.J. McCollum because we already traded him to you guys.
1: No, no, I agree. It's I it, I do think the Rockets should really consider it. Um uh, I don't know if it'll work out, but it may just be worth rolling the dice for. And the I, I don't know I think the Pelicans
3: the at this point don't want anything less than the number 3 pick for him. I think they're still viewing it as he well, is yeah. the a generational would, talent. They
1: would give him a 4 and then give him yeah, you know, whatever future. But, but that's what I'm saying is I don't think I don't
3: think they're in that. I think they want Brandon Miller or Scoot Henderson. Because they want, they basically they opened their window when they drafted Zion, and that's why they got CJ McCollum. That's why they got Brandon Ingram. They put together this whole team, and the problem is they're a player away because that player can't stay on the court. So if they can go ahead and trade that guy off, then that means they can go get somebody then, and they put somebody in who can play every game. That opens up their window. So I get why they want to get one of those guys. I just don't think Zion's worth the number 2 or number 3 pick in the draft this year because he can't stay on the court. If
2: somebody is going to trade him, I will jump all over it. I don't Mm -hmm. care what the pick is because he's not going to play. Mm -hmm. We've seen it. And and, and y'all brought it up earlier. His mind is not on basketball. I mean, it it gets you to a certain point. We can look at what John Morant is going through. Mm -hmm. John Morant is another kid that was on his same AAU team. They played together, grew up together, traveled together. And they were probably been hustling. And I heard somebody talk about this the other day. The difference about Zion at this point in his life is because he's been a mature person since he was 12 years old. Think about that. You have a 12-year-old kid that looks like he's 30 Hmm. from the very beginning. And everybody has catered to him. Like he's been that kid, and I know a lot of people, you know, talking about his father or stepfather that's been involved in his life from the very beginning, but you get caught up too. As a father, you can get caught up in it. It's really easy for you to say, if I, if that was my kid, I would be doing this. You get caught up in it too because mm. you're the person that they're talking to the majority of the time. Yeah. So you're seeing it firsthand, and your thought process is, ooh, ooh, ooh. This Mm -hmm. is where we are. Oh, okay, we got this possibility and this possibility, and it's the 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 same
1: The prospects continue to get bigger, more profitable, more lucrative. And you're
2: seeing it every single day. But the drive as that happens is, and Rod, you know this too, because you've been there. When you're good, you're really good. But when you get to that next level, everybody's good. Mm -hmm. Everybody is good. I was great in the state of Texas. So was the guys that were on my team when I got drafted because they were the best in Georgia. They were the best in Virginia. They were the best. They were coming from different spots where they were the man too. So it's a different time frame and mentality that this young man has gone through. We've been mm-hmm. watching him on highlights since he was 12 years old. Yeah. So we are looking at it in a in a perspective of, okay, does he have what it takes? Yes, we all know that he has what it takes. He became that, that pick. He was that guy. But – as he's gotten older, we all know we break down, and the more frequent as a big man when you break down, you it's harder, and you don't take care of die, it.
1: It's not good, and yeah.
2: it, it becomes more frequent. So to me, I don't think he has the the drive anymore. Mm-hmm. To be that guy, yeah, so if I can, uh, so so if I can unload that, because yeah. they, remember they they gave him money again. Oh yeah, no, they got
1: they
3: he, hey, I'm they just bring that up. <laughs> He,
1: he said he he is set to start a five year one hundred ninety four point three million dollar contract extension extension next season.
2: Right? <laughs> yeah. They're like, you gonna pick up his rookie? So, yeah, we got um, him.
1: But how about this? Uh, Brian Windhorst did say that extension is no longer fully guaranteed. Right. So I think, I don't know the details, but it's not fully guaranteed. So either way, I I, I think the Rockets should consider it. Yep. And uh, you're right, hell, uh, I think they are ready to unload him for a bowlload of pitch because hey. they they know more than we know yep. as a public we get the reports think about how much they know seeing behind him every day scenes. behind the scenes yep. that's probably a lot and more also remember disturbing. there's a new
3: CBA signed where that luxury tax has different effects than it used to have mm. small market teams are trying to stay away from being having three big names on a roster yep. now mm-hmm. we've seen it with Bradley Beal is possibly being moved Damian Lillard that's being talked about those are big money contracts that people are saying yeah man could you just take away. Like yeah. we may not, we may not appreciate what we signed. This yeah. may be
1: a crazy off for the NBA. And they, they, need a and wow. they need it. They uh, need it. They do need they it. They need it. Uh, all right, we'll we'll get to that Jokic uh, story a little bit later on. We got time for that. Uh, we come back. We got the flex on the other side, right here on Ball Don't Lie. One on the horn. thing is Welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. It is a new theme Thursday edition of Ball Don't Lie on 104.9 The Horn. That's when Patrick the Idillionaire uh, plays jam songs that are supposed to uh, leave clues and hints uh, for Harj and I as to what the new theme of the day is. And we got it pretty quickly um, because we all were feeling the heat. Oh, yeah, The heat the heat of the Texas summer, uh, and it's hot outside. So that is the theme. It's hot outside. So, man, Patrick is uh, sympathizing uh, with our circumstance, Uh, and the theme of the day is all about the heat of Texas. Go to Flex, flxatx.com. Go to flxatx on all of your social media platforms. Uh, Also, the Wednesday Night Flex from yesterday is up there. You can go check that out if you missed it. Uh, A little bit of a Westlake takeover of the uh, Wednesday Night Flex. Coach Blair was on. Um, Fired who, up again. Who was on with us? Oh, yeah. Was, <laughs> yeah. I mean, he was ready to go. Uh, you know what? I didn't ex- I, I expect him to be ready to go even after yep. the loss. I mean, he ain't losing. Matter of fact, he might be more intense.
2: That's right. After yeah, it yeah, was. <laughs> Burn them boats. That's what they sure <laughs> say. Burn the boats. So I was like, okay. Uh, shout out to my man Aiden Bennett, nephew, and Ben Longoria nice. coming through and uh, giving a breakdown on the entire season. It was one hell of a season. 40 wins. I don't know if anybody will ever get to that number again at Westlake. Hmm. Uh, but those those kids left their mark, for sure. Yeah, uh,
1: no doubt. So you can go check out that conversation uh, at flxatx.com. Go to flxatx and all your social media platforms as well. Um, you can go uh, check out all of the, uh, the highlights uh, from the Flex team. We appreciate all their efforts. Uh, Zach Lucero, uh, Cameron, uh, Nolan Hogan, all those guys doing a really, really good job. Alright, uh, we come back and we'll get into some NFL news notes and nuggets. Dan Quinn's really high on his defense. Dan Orlovsky has uh, made it kind of a personal offseason season <laughs> project to examine Dak Prescott, and I'm all for it. He's given out several uh, detailed details from his film study uh, about the Dak Prescott 2022 season, and he's got another really compelling, uh, profound stat and nugget that I think will help us Kind of dive into why we had such a regression from Dak in 2022. So we'll get to that coming up next segment too. The Texans uh, re-signed one of uh, their defense defensive players. Uh, We'll jump into that. And DeAndre Hopkins, more and more, it looks like he may be reuniting with Bill O'Brien. There's a lot of talk Mm. up there with the uh, the Patriots and a lot of the insiders that the meeting went really well. So well, in fact, that you may see you may see DeAndre Hopkins as a New England Patriot oh, with plays Randy Moss, man, Randy
2: Moss. That he you know he ain't no, no, he do well, and he doesn't have, but he, he he doesn't have
1: Tom Brady, but he can make it really easy on a young
2: quarterback, he can he because can. Cause you cause don't, he's a go-to guy,
1: yes, and you yeah. don't need to have great ball placement all the time if he's one-on-one you can just kind of throw it into his catch radius and he'll find a way to make the play. Yeah, he
2: don't drop passes. He don't need a lot of separation. He don't drop passes.
1: Yeah, so I think that yeah. also is kind of a – he's more of a security blanket for a young quarterback too, but I think he wants the cash, and I don't know if the Patriots – Patriots have not been known to pay a lot of money for wide receivers. That's why this is kind of weird too. So we'll talk about that coming up when we get into the NFL uh, news note to Nuggets. All that and more right here on Ball Don't Lie. I want to put it on the horn.